following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. And now hear the words of Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. In his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. All right, well, this is the fifth Sunday in Lent, year A, if you're following the lectionary, which I encourage you to do during these times when we're using it. And the title of today's sermon is was alive in body and spirit. And you can read the description that I wrote for this uh, four weeks ago in the bulletin, uh, but I confess to you that I have no idea what it means. (laughs) Uh, The title or the the description, uh, because boy have I had a week. There's been this odd combination of significant events in the life of our church, um, both as a whole church and in the individual lives of some people in the church. Um, Significant events in my family's life. Today is my little boy's sixth birthday. Um, And some significant church-related distractions that come from outside of our local community that very inconveniently soaked up all of the, the very small windows of time I had set aside to work on today's sermon. And so... When something like that happens, a pastor has two options. I've been at this a while. I could fake it. I could, we use the the lectionary every Lent. It only has three years in the lectionary. I've already done it two or three times. These texts. I could go back and preach one of those other messages. They probably weren't that memorable, and none of you would know the difference. (laughs) So option number one is fake it. Option number two is uh, to decide to do something entirely different and weird. Now, those of you who know me, (laughs) can you guess which option I chose? You know that I would never choose the first option. I am terrible at faking things. Uh, But I happen to like doing things that are entirely different and weird. And whenever I start to think, maybe I'll do something entirely different and weird, I think, oh, but there might be visitors. And then I think, well, it's better that they find out right away. (laughs) So, here's the entirely different weird thing that I want to do today. Um, um, I want to guide you through, and me, through um, an exercise of studying the scripture. Because whatever else happens in the next, who knows how long this will take, we need to be in the word of God. This is why, um, one of the reasons why we're here every week is to, to hear from the Bible. Um, so I want to go through a, um, an exercise that we can all kind of do together. And we, you can sit and observe and it won't 
hurt at all, I promise. Or you can kind of really get into it and, and shout out answers, and we'll do a little bit of dialogical stuff, and we'll see where that takes us. It um, could take us to a nice, nice, neat conclusion. Wouldn't bank on it. Uh, it could take us to a major insight, highly possible, or it could take us nowhere, equally possible. Um, <laughs> although I have uh, faith that when we open the scriptures, we never actually get nowhere, even if it feels like we got nowhere. So um, we're going to do um, four different ways of reading this passage. Okay? Um, the, the, the rabbis say that the Torah, the scriptures, are a 70-sided jewel or gem. And every time you turn it, you can catch the light in a different way, over and over and over again. And we're going to get to f- from four angles. We're not going to get all 70 today, but we're going to get four angles on this, this beautiful text from the Hebrew Bible. Um, and we'll, we're going to do one at a time and have the text read aloud each time. Now, those of you who've been around a long time um, or who just kind of know this type of thing are thinking, oh, we're doing Lectio Divina today. But no, this is not that. Um, Lexia Divina is a wonderful way of reading the scriptures, and it is a fourfold kind of thing, um, four different readings, but this is different. Um, it's totally not Lexia Divina, except it's going to look a little bit like it because we're going to have somebody read the text four different times, and I'm going to give you different instructions each time. All right. So, um, in a moment, I'm going to invite our reader for today, who's Corey, to come up, and you can find Ezekiel 37, um, which is on page 704 in the red hardcover Bibles, which are around the room. But first, I want to pray this beautiful prayer of St. Jerome. O God, who has given us the great and saving truths of your gospel, grant us, we ask you, to live amid these things, to meditate on them and to seek them. For one who goes on seeking finds... Help us, therefore, to learn those things on earth, the knowledge of which shall abide with us in heaven. Grant this for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Uh, Well, Corey, why don't you come up and... Before you read that the first time... I'll explain to the folks here what, what our first reading is going to be. The first reading is uh, that I'm going to ask you just to kind of try to comprehend the, what's happening in this story. All right? um, I will tell you a little bit of the context because you might not know it. The, the people of God had been conquered and carried off into exile in Babylon. And the prophets were speaking to the, the people in this context of uh, exile. And um, you hear at the end there's a promise of return to God's holy land. Um, So that's the context of it. But what I want you to do is just kind of grasp what's going on, try to, you know, um, see it, picture it, and if you have a question about something, drop the question down, because questions are better than answers when we were starting to study the scripture. So record your questions, and we'll, you can, a few of you will shout out a question when we're, um, after we've done the reading, okay? So go ahead, Corey, and read this for the first time. Is this mic okay, Todd? Okay. All right. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. 
He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophecy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling and the bones came together bone to its bone. I looked and there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them. And skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophecy to the breath, prophecy mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they lived, and stood on their feet a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophecy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves. O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves. O my people, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. And I will place you on your own soil. Then you, shall know, then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. Thank you. All right, so did you catch what's happening there? This is a startling vision, isn't it? Um, if you were imagining yourself there, you might, it might be kind of uh, freaked out by that. <laughs> I imagine I've been freaked out if I was Ezekiel. So, what questions come to mind on this first reading? What made you go, huh? Or, hmm, what's that about? Or something along those lines. Yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the passage talks about, at the beginning, the hand of the Lord and the spirit of the Lord. And what's the distinction between those two things, those two, as you say, parts of the Lord? (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of interesting to think about, isn't it? All right, that's a good question. That might lead us to some deeper understanding if we went went down that road. What other questions? Yeah? Hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, talking a lot about the spirit of the Lord, we Christians read through a, a, a Christian lens, and we have a Trinitarian understanding of God, including God, the person of the Holy Spirit. And um, for Jewish readers at the time or now, how might they read that phrase "spirit of the Lord" differently than we do? And what what could that tell us about? It? That's a great question. Sure. You notice I'm not answering any of the questions, right? I'm just going to ask them. Keep asking questions. We have time for a couple more maybe yeah 
Christen. You work in a hospital. <laughs> yeah, so asking the question, what, what, how, what, where does Ezekiel come up with all this anatomy and physiology, <laughs> sinews and flesh and bone, and how, how does he see that coming together? Yeah. Uh, and one more here, Del. Hmm. Yeah. Why would you prophesy to an object or an idea, right? We think of the prophets as prophesying to the people. Yeah, why prophesy to bones or breath? Yeah, that's a great question. So you can see, um, a lot of times we read Scripture and we just kind of breeze through it. But if you stop and actually start to ask questions, and then when those questions lead you to other questions and to other questions, that goes very deep. It gets you way down deep, right? So um, ask questions. encourage you as you study Scripture not to be afraid of questions, because the questions get you where you actually need to be. All right? So the second reading, I want you to think about emotions and imagery. Now let me tell you a quick story about being in high school, which was many years ago for me. Um, I, I was exceedingly smart, so I took AP English. <laughs> um, and my AP English teacher to this day is one of the best teachers I've ever had in any class. And he taught us to analyze um, literature, poetry or novels or anything, the following way. And I'll explain it to you for all you science nerds who aren't going to get this at all. From, for once, I'm in the driver's seat, all right? Uh, diction plus syntax leads to imagery, equals imagery, which leads to symbolism, all right? Diction meaning which words the author chose. Syntax meaning in what order the author arranged those words. That leads to imagery. And by imagery, we mean not just what you would see like an image, but uh, all the multisensory stuff in the passage, Pictures, sounds, smells, tastes, touch, etc. And when, you, when that imagery starts to get into you, you get to give it a deeper meaning, a, a symbolic meaning sometimes. In, in literature and poetry, there's often symbolism. But for, for our sake, um, we'll use this literary model to get us to um, meaning more broadly than just symbolism. So what words... Um, <coughs> well, we'll do words in a second, but... As this happens, you see these words kind of forming in their choice and in their order that create imagery. And what emotion does that come up, uh, does that generate in you? All right? So we're looking for pictures or listening for sounds, that sort of thing. And then the emotion that kind of gets us toward meaning. I'm not asking you to get to meaning just yet. Um, as the second reading happens, we're talking about imagery and emotion. And I want you, I'm going to ask you to shout out the, the image or the feeling that you noticed most prominently Okay? Go ahead. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophecy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, 
and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come up upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophecy to the breath, prophecy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves. O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. All right, thank you. So um, what, um, what images or emotions were featured prominently for you as we had that second reading. Go ahead and shout them out. Our bones are dried up. Our bones are dried up. Okay. Notice the bones are exceedingly dry. So these, these are not just a little dead. These, these are very dead, these people. Yeah. Other images or emotions? Ah, hmm, it's a good artisan word. Despair. Mm-hmm. Surprise. Surprise, sure. For me, it's the sound of the bones rattling together. That's the one that really stuck in my mind. Say that again. I'm, I didn't quite hear the end of what you said. So the bones are not the, uh, the, the actors. They're the ones that the action is on. Yeah. I didn't take enough English to, to remember um, subject and predicate and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Object, subject, something like that, yeah. Interesting, yeah. The bones seem so prominent, and, and yet the way the language works, it's they're, everything's being done to them, yeah. Other images, sounds, smells, tastes, emotions. Ah, feeling the heat. doesn't say anything about the heat really does it but you, absolutely yeah it feels like it yeah this is not this is not north of the wall this is like in the desert yeah yeah hope yeah hope in this valley of exceedingly dry bones that's interesting isn't it all right so in the interest of time i'm going to jump right to the third one without another reading is that okay yeah. okay so the third one is 
is key words. So you might want to scan through it as I'm talking here, but what I want to ask you is, if you could only pick one word out of this passage to say, that's the word we need to grasp to understand what's going on, what would it be? You could look for repetition, you could look for um, something especially poignant, something along those lines. Breath, okay. Mortal. That's an interesting one because um, the Hebrew here, it actually, um, I can't remember the, the little piece before. I think it's bear. Bear Adam. Does it sound familiar at all? Adam, right? <laughs> Adam's name, of course, just means human, right? Um, but mortal, yeah, interesting. Other keywords. If you could only have one word, what would it be? Yes. Judah says prophesy. Yeah. I think Judah might be a prophet someday. <laughs> awesome. No. K-N-O-W? Ah, knowledge. Breath. Now here's something else that's interesting. What was your word? Somebody said it. Somebody said spirit, didn't they? No? All right. Let's imagine somebody... Oh, spirit, that's very interesting because two people, two people have said breath already. <laughs> and um, the same, it's the same word. In Hebrew, it's ruach. Um, breath and spirit and wind, all the same thing. Fascinatingly enough, this is also true in the other significant biblical language, Greek. Pneuma, as in a pneumatic tire full of air. Spirit, wind, breath. Same word. So it's translated in different ways, and I'm not quite sure why. Um, We'd have to ask the translation committee why they chose to do that. Um, Or maybe it's something exceedingly obvious to people who are smarter than me. I don't really know. But it's all the same word, and it's interesting. And where else do we see that word appear in Scripture? I'm getting ahead of myself because the fourth reading is about connections to other parts of Scripture. Um, this one is a very useful uh, study technique to say, where else do I see this image, this exact word, this exact phrase appear in Scripture? Where else is it used? Who else has used it in their telling of God's story? Um, Where did it first appear in the Bible? That's another thing that the rabbis look for. Where is the first occurrence of a particular word? All these things can be helpful to us because as we start to see connections from one passage to another, we might think, oh, this is trying to echo that other thing. These are actually connected ideas. could be very fascinating. So I think we have time for you to do the reading this last time. And I want you to think about connections to other stories from the Bible that you know. Now, you may be very new to the Bible, don't know any Bible stories. That's okay. We've got a, a few Bible nerds in the room which will help, who will help us with this, okay? One last reading, please, Corey. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all round them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophecy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. 
I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and breathe in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophecy to the breath, prophecy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves. O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. All right. Thank you, Corey. So, um, in these last minutes we have with the text today, what uh, echoes of other Bible stories do you hear in Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14? Hmm. A promise or prediction of the resurrection. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Good. So one of the other texts for, from the lectionary today, which we won't get to, is John 11, the raising of Lazarus. Right? And uh, somebody speaks to a dead body in that story as well and says, come out. Um, somebody being Jesus, of course. Um, <laughs> yes, Teresa. Okay, so um, you just said Moses in the burning bush and God urging Moses to speak. Um, very interesting. That's a great connection. And the one before that, you said something else about Genesis. Which other story from Genesis were you thinking of? Or was that all one thing? The spirit moving over the waters. When does that happen? At the begin- <laughs> in the beginning, yes. Thank you. <laughs> so the story of creation is echoed here with the spirit hovering over the waters at creation. Look at some of the other echoes of that story we see in this passage with bodies coming together and breath being breathed into them and so forth. Did you have one, Perry? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. So um, maybe the Hebrew word bear adam or whatever. I can't remember if it's bear adam or something else. I actually don't know Hebrew very well at all. But but maybe that's an an intentional um, phrasing intended to reinforce that connection to creation so that God's act of redeeming Israel from exile is going to be, perhaps, like a new creation. And, of course, that's the language that we see for uh, faith in Jesus in the New Testament as well. 
You're a, you're a new creature. You're being remade. And redemption looks like becoming something new. Um, it's, it's really a beautiful set of connections when you think about it. Yes? The wind blows where it may, yes. Mm, yeah, don't we want a spirit that's like, a, <laughs> like a, 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 something we can control or comprehend? And the spirit does things that we don't expect and maybe don't like. Um, you know, the early church <laughs> had a dickens of a time with that Holy Spirit, apparently wanting to convert people who weren't supposed to be converted. <laughs> and welcome them into the family of faith, even though they're not supposed to be part of the family of faith. Well, guess what? The Spirit of God blows where it will. And you can either, you can either get on board, or I don't know, what the metaphor breaks down. Yeah. Yes. Yes, right. So Jesus appears post-resurrection and breathes on his disciples, which is slightly creepy. <laughs> Yeah, to receive the Spirit. Well, that's a beautiful image, isn't it? Wow. And the Word became flesh. Interesting, yes. That, that the incarnation of Jesus himself is a, is a putting on flesh. Putting on a body. Really interesting. The Romans passage, by the way, is the other reading from the lectionary today, and there's all kinds of flesh and spirit in that passage. We don't even have time to even read it because it would just be, it would open up so many other questions. But. So we have to call it right there, and um, I did not bring the train into any particular station. <laughs> I didn't really intend to, but my hope is that doing this kind of thing once in a while, even if it's for a reason like I had a nasty week and was not able to give you a regular sermon, my hope is that this will help you um, be inspired by the beauty of the text. Um, my hope is that it will help you want to go deeper into the Bible's words and stories and big story. Um, and uh, if that's not what happened for you at all today, uh, come back next week. We, we might just have a regular sermon. I don't know. <laughs> um, but let's pray together and give thanks for this time in the Word. Gracious God, we are thankful for uh, these sacred texts. So... Um, confusing and terrible and beautiful and wondrous. And my prayer is that this time we've spent in it together this morning would be um, formative and be seeping into our souls, each one of us, that we would always um, remember some bit of this, that, um, that our understanding of your grand story would be just a little bit deeper today as a result. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, now, our response to the, the Word of God is uh, the Word of God. <laughs> the Word of Scripture um, is there to point us to God's true Word. The Word, as Dan said, that became flesh. Jesus himself, the image of the invisible God, the exact replica of God's image. Uh, and Christ offers himself to us in his body and his blood. And so we observe the sacrament of communion together every week at Artisan. Uh, you can come if you'd like to come and take a piece of the bread, remembering Christ's body which was broken for you, dipping it in the wine or the juice, choose the one that's more appropriate for you and your family. 
remembering his blood which is shed for the forgiveness of sins and receiving it into your own body. May it be the body of the Savior for you. May it be an act of unity, remembering that we take these elements, these ordinary things, remembering Jesus, observing and proclaiming his death, just as all the Christians throughout time and around the world and in every neighborhood of the city at least once in a while, come to do this. Even the ones that we disagree with and the ones that disagree with us. So this is an act of unity with each other and with other believers. Um, And my hope is that it's also an avenue, a means of God's grace for you. Now, you don't have to be a member of our church to take communion here. You don't have to be a member of of any church. You simply have to be seeking to follow Jesus, wanting more of what he has to offer. And you can come and receive. As I said earlier, there'd be a member of the prayer team at the back of the room, and uh, it's always okay simply to sit and observe and um, pray or think. Nobody looks at you sideways if you don't do this. Um, Parents, you can bring your kids to take communion if you wish. Our table is open. I invite you to come as you will. Amen. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.